Coming at you live with the 626 episode 26. I just said that. We are back. <laughs> <laughs> it's the playoffs, baby. We are in. We're recording whenever the heck we feel like it. It's 2 p.m. on a Sunday. I'm depressy and a little hungover because football drives me crazy. I didn't want to get out of bed. But we're here. We're going to celebrate some playoffs. Rest in peace, the Nets. How are you doing today, Alec? Oh man, I am I am great. I gotta say the uh, these Sunday episodes are are real fun because uh, it's we we push it back from Thursday so that we can kind of give more times for um, for some games to happen. Kind of some series will either be over or we'll have a, a good idea what happens with them today. So um, we we apologize for the back to back delay in episodes, but uh, kind of for the playoffs, kind of depends on the on the schedule whether or not these come out on Thursday or whether or not these come out on um, Sunday or I guess it'd be first thing Monday as well. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm good. We got some more playoff basketball here. We have our first series that is officially in the books. Um, another one that looks like it'll be over here um, late this evening as well out on the West Coast. So we are uh, we are officially fully in the uh, in the swing of things. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty it's it's delivered so far. It's been a little we predicted some of these things happening. Uh, we're getting really good series and Knicks and Cavs, Sacramento, Golden State, as we thought things have been getting spicy. There's been a lot of trash talking, shit talking, nut banging, stomping. I don't <laughs> like what what is going on? Is this has it has it been a little uh more intense than like previous seasons, maybe, or is it just like normal, just playoff, hot headed, just ball hard, ball is life? No, I, th- I think it definitely has been a little more kind of kind of intense and scrappy. I mean, just kind of you look at, especially to start off with all the injuries, you know, you, you hate to see that at, at any point in the game. Um, but I think especially kind of with some of those ones that we got in game one of series, um, definitely kind of kind of change how that goes. But I feel like with all the all the flagrant fouls, the suspensions, the injections, the is this guy going to be suspended? Yeah. Um, it's It's been very scrappy. And I'm, I'm trying to think back to the last time that, like we've had it where it's pretty much every series has its own storyline. And I, I can't, and at least in the first round, um, I mean, there's, there's the, the Celtics and Hawks one that has never really been kind of great. I mean, Philly and the Nets kind of never was great, but um, you look at all these other series, it feels like each one has its own, its own storyline, whether it's injuries, whether it's rivalries, whether it's Dylan Brooks, I mean, you can, you can kind of just, <laughs> just start naming players and, and have fun with that. But yeah, it's, it's definitely been entertaining so far. So I've been, I've been having an absolute blast with it. Yeah. I mean, it's just adding more juice to the fire, right. And make it, making some of these things a little bit more interesting, I guess, when they, when they shouldn't be like, well, we'll just, we'll just go here real quick, just jump right into it. And uh, can the heat, uh, can the heat pull off an upset here in first round? I think all year we, we said that the bucks were going to dominate. We said it was going to be smooth sailing. Then Giannis goes down, gets hurt. And all of a sudden heat being the heat playoff heat. Uh, what, what, what are the odds that they can kind of pull this off? Cause they have a pretty good lead right now. Yeah. I mean, they're up two one Giannis was ruled out of, uh, of game three. So that was a big loss for Milwaukee. Um, he's going to be probably questionable for game four. Um, so who knows whether or not he just kind of, kind of forces through it because you just simply cannot go down, you know, three, one, especially within the first round. Um, obviously you can still overcome it, but it, it, it's tough to, 
to kind of grind that out. But then you look at over the course of, of the playoffs, you know, you can expect your second round matchup to typically go six games, obviously the conference finals and NBA finals, you can typically plan on six or seven for that. So, I mean, if, if the bucks are going into a seven game series right off the jump, that's going to be huge for them to overcome. Um, but obviously on the, on the flip side, I mean, Giannis was ruled out for game three, uh, Victor Aladipo got hurt in game three for the heat um Tyler Hero has a broken hand so he's out for the whole series so that that's definitely an injury plagued one um which I think is making it a little bit closer than it should be but at the same time the Heat have been a, a solid team all year um great defensive team I think the the Bucks probably wish that Atlanta ended up winning that 7-8 playing game at first <laughs> um just because at that point you're really kind of focusing on on Trey Young and DeJounte Murray it's not really a great defensive team you can kind of you know run your offense as you plan whereas with the Heat I feel like you really got to kind of grind it out at some, sometimes, which is also weird because the winning team has scored 120 plus in all three games this series, which I don't think a lot of people saw because both teams are, you know, fairly good defensively. Right. So it's definitely been a, an interesting series. We got game four on a, on Monday evening. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll kind of see what happens if it's a, if it's a three, one lead and, and Milwaukee's in trouble heading to, uh, I guess they'd be heading back home for game five um, or if it's tied at two and, and they get those next two games at uh, at home. And, and, and even and even then, like you're saying, the Heat and and they're both playing with injuries too. Like the Tyler Hero thing just hurts them so much. Even if they were to advance, right, they're gonna face off whoever wins against the Cavs versus the Knicks. And they're heating. They're going off. They're gonna be tired too. Do the Heat have a shot if they do get past the Bucks, or is it just like kind of a waste at this point? Where yeah, you might get past the Bucks. You might have gotten lucky here in the first round, but is can they really do much after that? Like, do you really think they, I mean, Jimmy Butler's going off, but how long is he going to be able to, is that, can he do that for two, three series going almost seven games? You know, can they, can they, do they actually have what it takes? Is the heat are kind of stinky. Yeah, they kind of are, but I mean, we've seen what Jimmy Butler can do in the, uh, in the bubble in 2020. So, I mean, he can, he can hold it up. I mean, at, at some point, this is kind of also why they, why they lost that, uh, that finals as well as he kind of just ran out of gas. I mean, you could just tell, um, at the end of that series, he was just physically, mentally just drained and exhausted. So, um, he can do it. It's just a matter of how long, I mean, I, I think they do match up fairly nice with either the Cavs or Knicks. Um, and Knicks also kind of love to just kind of slow the game down and grind it out. So that that kind of fits with the heats um, game plan there as well. So I think they can do it if they get past that. I don't really see them getting past either the Sixers, the Hawks or the Celtics. Um, I, I think that's yeah. kind of where that that dream end or the dream uh, Cinderella run <laughs> kind of ends there. But yeah, I mean, I, I think they got a good shot if they get past Milwaukee here of, of at least making it a competitive series against, uh, you know, the Cavs or Knicks. Has there been anybody that has stood out for you on like maybe the buck side or the heat side, because they're counting on a lot of people they might not normally rely on. Is there anybody that stood out to you? like on those squads at all, by any chance not to put you on the spot here. Uh, I mean, I guess a little bit at first kind of was Victor Aladipo. I mean, the, I believe it was the first game he didn't play at all, but after the the hero injury, it was kind of who are they going to turn to on that bench to, to really fill in that spot. And I mean, I, I thought he filled in pretty nicely before he got hurt. Um, he's, I guess you could call him a veteran. I mean, that was only the, the 23 NBA or 
2013 NBA draft, I think. So he's been 10 years in the league or so. Um, and he's certainly not the player he used to be coming into the league, but I mean, he's still a guy that that can produce off the bench. So um, I thought he filled in pretty nicely. It's it's definitely unfortunate to see um, another injury in that series, but especially the guy that you are are relying on to fill in for the initial injury. So that, right. that definitely makes it harder. And, um, you know, rotations are already thin enough and, and kind of all stretched out. But I mean, you lose two key guys at that point and now you're you're really pulling for a minute. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, in uh, in this uh, next game here on Monday, yeah, and I mean, I gotta show. I don't even remember with all these pushing back episodes. I don't remember who we shouted out before, who we who we propped up, who we didn't. Maybe it's for the best because if we shouted out someone who hasn't performed, well, then good. Hopefully, you forgot because I did. <laughs> but quick shout out to Max Struess, who is really mm-hmm. who's really kind of stepped up. He's been producing sober as well. He's sitting on an L seventeen, and he's been you know he came out hot in that first game. And against the Bulls, he really showed out. And yeah, he isn't. He's putting up numbers. And L17, he's putting up about 17. You get what you get, but you know you're going to get minutes. You know he's going to play. I don't know about you, SO5 wise, but I am struggling. I am having a stinker. I went from the first week to almost placing a rare until Sabonis crapped the bed to <laughs> this week. I'm not even sniffing, not even getting close to rewards this week because I just couldn't get it done i i took some gambles on some uh players that i thought would uh perform and it looks like they just uh came out hot for the first game and then uh decided to ruin my life after that <laughs> yeah uh, it's tough i mean it, it, it's better than me i kind of i set my limited champ lineup before the uh the heat bulls game um and included zach levine and busevich in my lineup and kind of kind of forgot to check it after that so um i also then forgot to, to turn around and set my contender lineup as well so right now we are uh Still, still doing better than expected. Obviously, PJ Tucker put up a 24, which is which is huge. Um, Brunson put up a 55 in game one, and Dinwiddie put up a 45. So, I mean, still competitive at least to some extent. Even I mean, I had the two zeros, so that that killed it right there. But kind of kind of for the team that I put in at first, I mean, at least proud of those those performances there. Um, I mean, PJ Tucker overperforming yet again by by another 10 or 11 points is is always huge. I love um, it. it. It's no, you know, 36 or whatever he put up, uh, put up the other week. But hey, we're, we're, we're still making progress there. So, I mean, he's getting minutes. It's just got to kind of have to, to regroup for uh, for next week here once we really get into, you know, smaller player pools and, and things like that. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because uh, you can see the spikes in some of these players, too. And it's going to be really interesting to see. As they go, like PJ Tucker's L10 is going to go up now, and mm-hmm. it's not going to be that great of a play anymore because it's PJ Tucker. Let's be real here. And the prices are still going up, but it's like one of those things where it's like, oof, you, you really got to think. Like, even now, yeah, the Sixers are going to get some rest, but then they're most likely going against the Celtics next. You're definitely not getting peak scores from PJ Tucker. Like, it's, it's just dead. And now it's going to be finding those guys. It's going to be interesting. Like those L- low L10 guys that were quote unquote cheat codes are no longer going to be cheat codes. So it's going to be interesting. Like it's almost like the dynamic and the strategy as these teams start to get eliminated is going to be really tricky where it's going to be a lot of the same lineups and it's I've given up, dude. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to guess. I'm just going to throw out the best guys that I can and just hope for the best. Like I haven't even been checking. Like I've been having fun watching the playoffs, but I haven't really checked my sober scores too much. Cause it's like, look at the end of the day, there's going to be three, four games, you know, it's people are going to pop off. Julius Randle's going to put up an eight, like whatever, dude, <laughs> I don't, I, I, not even due to fourth. Well, that's right now. Yeah. He is. It's a uh, halftime and he has a uh, four, four story points. Uh, 
as the Cavs and the Knicks are playing right now. How is is it is this uh is this series kind of going the way you expected? What does Donovan Mitchell have to do? What else can uh, he do? He's already doing it all. What, everything. What? <laughs> I mean, it's like Darius Garland really showed out in uh, in what was it, like game two, I guess, when the the Cavs won. But I mean, it really just was absolutely nowhere to be found um, in game three. Which which that's going to be huge if the Cavs want to keep this. Uh, not only potentially win the series, but let alone just knock it, get blown out and stay in games. Um, Donovan Mitchell has proven that he can he can score however many needed, but he needs he needs someone else to at least kind of carry the weight in that, especially against, uh, you know, a very defensive minded team with the Knicks. You know, Thibodeau is going to drop, whether it's a double team, a drop, what, whatever he's going to do. If if Mitchell's hitting, he's going to make those, you know, those adjustments and say, hey, we're not going to let him beat us. He's got to give the ball up to to someone. And I mean, if if you're the Cavs, you're still confident in Darius Garland, um, you know, and Evan Mobley, a lot of these these other guys that you have in your rotation as well, Karis Levert. But I mean, I, if, if Donovan Mitchell's game is being taken away by by game plan, you absolutely need Darius Garland and everyone else to step up. Otherwise, this this series is going to get ugly very quick. And I mean, right. even today they're they're already up. What are they up right now? They're up nine at the half. So and they've won they've won the first two quarters, which is which is always huge. So it's you, you got to get a big performance out of out of Darius Garland and those role players again if if the Cavs want to want to stay into this. Yeah, and and it's it's perfect how the way the way you mentioned that is, and that's exactly what the Knicks have done, right? Mm-hmm. Obi Toppin, Josh Hart, R.J. Barrett, all of a sudden decided he wanted to play basketball again. And has become a really important piece when, again, most of us wrote him off going into this series, relying on someone like Quickly who and Grimes, who really haven't haven't really performed that much this series. But other people stepped up and they're taking a well lead in a yeah. This game right now that the Cavs find themselves in is a uh, really important to them. Do you think? Do you think it's over for the Cavs if they lose this game today? That's going on right now. Um. That's tough. I don't know. I mean, they're they're going back to Cleveland in game five. So no matter what, they're at least getting another home game. If they go down three one, I think that crowd's gonna be going nuts to to not let them that be the end of it. And even if it's still tied at two two, I think they're gonna go nuts as well because they know that if if they go in back to New York with a three two lead, I mean, you still have two games to win just to win one, and one of those final two would be at home. So um, I, I think it's going to be a very loud crowd in Cleveland. It also depends, I think, very much on how this game finishes out today. Um, I mean, if they just kind of roll over and get blown out again, I think the energy maybe starts off a little bit dead or kind of, you know, it, it's loud at first and then people lose interest very quick. But I mean, if they stay in this game, you know, tonight and or this afternoon, I should say, if they stay in this game, they keep it close. They, you know, lose by a, a one or two possession game, kind of like game one. I mean, I, I think it's going to be very tough for for the Knicks to go into Cleveland in game five and, and kind of come out with a win, regardless of what happens in game four. But man, if, if they get blown out again today and this thing is just kind of gets ugly very quick, that that's going to be tough because that's a very young Cavalier team as well. Right. And, you know, that's going to be kind of one of the first times that they kind of get punched in the mouth like that in the playoffs going back home. You're down three um, one, especially after how hot they started off this year, too. So it's 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 been a slow decline ever since it's you know nothing's been drafts drastic obviously there's still the the force in the east which is very impressive but um it's it's going to be very tough if uh, if Garland doesn't get things going and all things like that. Yeah, and I mean it it's like a double-edged sword, right? Cuz you're going up against a really good defensive team like the Knicks and like it's not like the Cavs are playing bad either, right? Like they're they're staying in these games, they're keeping it close, they're going on runs, but they're just they just don't have 
that like finishing touch. They don't have mm-hmm. down the stretch, the people that are really going to come up with those clutch points. And like, that has to be deflating at some point. Right. Cause like, you got to be thinking to yourself, what else can we do? Like they're giving it their all they're throwing everything they have at the Knicks and this is not getting it done. So yeah, I think if they don't win today, I think it's going to be tough. Like they might be able to sneak another one in just going back home, but uh, it's a, uh, it's looking a little rough, but a good, a good, nice quality run. Nonetheless, I, I think, I think it's, it's been, it's been a good, it's been fun watch and uh good, good for them. But uh, yeah, again, shout out to uh, Josh Hart and Mitchell Robinson on the Knicks who have stepped up low L tens, nice sneaky little buys in there. If you want to maybe start preparing for the next series, cause uh, it <laughs> might be, it might, it might be looking like the, the Knicks are gonna maybe take this one. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, if you want Donovan Mitchell on the Cavs and everybody else, eh. <laughs> maybe, Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, gotta love it. Gotta fucking love it. Anyway, rest in peace, the Nets. Are you surprised by this? Not in the slightest. I am surprised that they kept game game three. It was pretty close, and it was only a five-point game. But other than that, I mean... And that was unlucky. That was an unlucky game, too. They should have won that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was tough. But, I mean, just, just looking at the the Nets, really, this season as a whole, I mean... Almost everything that happened in the first half was because you still had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And as soon as both of those guys left, it was it was downhill very quick. Right. Um, I mean, it felt like they were just kind of hanging on for dear life. I mean, we had that that little week where Cam Thomas was just simply the best basketball player in the league. Four games. And then just fell off immediately. So it's that, that that was kind of, I think, very, very easy to predict. I mean, the Sixers have been solid all year, you know, Joel Embiid and, and all that. So we kind of, I think we had a feeling of this coming now. Maybe I thought Brooklyn steals a game, but I'm not super surprised to to see this be over in four with, you know, real no, um, you know, really no big storyline. Obviously, Joel Embiid with the the kick in game three and, you know, not getting a uh, ejection was kind of interesting. Um, and obviously him missing game four due to due to injury as well. So, you know, kind of as we we hinted on it earlier in the show, a lot of different storylines in, in almost every series. And that was kind of one. And you know, you still had one even in a, a 4-0 series and a sweep. You still had that. You had Ben Simmons tweeting out. Um, I'm, I'm going to butcher the exact quote here, but it was something along the lines of, hey, watching my team get swept, I'll never let this happen again. And it's like, dude, <laughs> okay, you've but... been sitting out. Like, <laughs> you do this every year. What do you mean you're not going to let this happen again? Like, this has I didn't, happened I didn't your see entire that. career where you just disappear and then it's like, oh, like something happened. or like, my back wasn't feeling great. And like, yeah, like we get it. Like injuries happen. But the timing of these and like how long you sit out and the fact that no one ever really knows is just kind of right. when it's like, what are we really doing here? But it's, I mean, we knew going into it, but the the hardened for Ben Simmons trade for Philly and really Brooklyn for both of these teams will just, I, I never understood it at the time. And Philly is probably just in love with how the fact that that actually happened. Oh yeah. No, dude, they're, they're sitting pretty. And I think you said it perfectly. It's that, Look, the Nets are only in this position because of what they did in the first half when mm-hmm. they had K, a healthy KD who was arguably, if he didn't get hurt, he'd probably be hands down the MVP because yeah. he was just having that. He and, he and he's still like, not to say that he's not doing it now. He started off a little slow in their playoffs, but uh, he's he's found, he's found his form. He's found his spot on the floor. He's found uh, where he can be productive and help out his team. And, uh, you know, he's back to back to KD again, but uh, back to being KD. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. The series was what it was. The Sixers handled it pretty easy. Like you said, mm-hmm. game three, it was like Nick. I mean, but Nick Claxton just had a game and got himself, got too hype and got himself ejected. 
<laughs> he got way too hyped, got himself ejected, and probably cost him the game. Uh, because it just it just wasn't the same. But uh, I mean, Dinwiddie came in, did well. Dorian Finney-Smith found himself a role. Mikael Bridges, mm-hmm. Cam Johnson, like there, there's there's good pieces on this Nets. It's just not there yet. Is there maybe since their season is kind of over? Is there maybe on the sober side? Is there any of these guys that you might maybe think about picking up for next season? I know we're pretty big on picking up guys early through the preseason mm-hmm. and getting in early. Is there and obviously the NBA like? Dude, this could all get blown up. None of these people could be here, but you know, there's still quality basketball players who would eventually find another role, if not on this team somewhere else. Is there uh, anybody that you would like to pick up? Uh, I mean, Cam Johnson's definitely a, a guy that comes to mind there. Uh, Mikhail Bridges has has never missed a game in his NBA career, so that's that's always something to kind of to keep an eye on. You know, knock on wood with all that. But um, it it the, the Nets are an interesting team because I think when you look at how they're constructed. Um, really, I guess, outside of Dinwiddie, but you can also kind of include him in there. It's it's really a lineup of role players. Right. And like Nick Claxton will have his moments. Dinwiddie will have his moments, but they don't really have anyone on that team that you would ever think about building your your organization around. They're all guys that it's like, hey, at the deadline, we're contending here. We should go out and get one of these guys. You know, we should go do what like kind of what the the net like that trade was for Kyrie Irving, like where they got all of those guys. Right. Those are guys that you want for the future, but you need you need that star player or star two players on this roster to really pull everything together. Otherwise, I think they'll just kind of be, you know, stuck as a mediocre NBA team moving forward that has talent on there. But you just you need someone that can can push you and take you that extra step. And I just I currently don't see that on their roster. Obviously, anything can change in the offseason. Um, I feel like Nick Claxton made a, a big step forward this year as a whole. So, you know, oh, definitely yeah. some promising things there. But I just I, I don't really see anyone that's going to be a star. But on the sober side of things, I think you can kind of go after these guys as as your mid table, you know, maybe the back end of champ and and kind of feel comfortable about that as well. So that's kind of the, the good on the flip side, at least. Yeah, it, well. And saying that, and obviously I don't know the cap situation, whatever, how much, mm-hmm. you know, free space. But like you said, having all these role players, not really having a superstar, you, you'd, you'd have to assume they have money to spend, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd think they'd probably go out and pick up some, I guess you could say, superstar to really solidify and then build that around because you have all these pieces. Like Nick Claxton is great. He's growing He's growing into being a great NBA player, right? And you you have Dinwiddie, who I don't I don't know his contract situation either. Maybe it was just one year, maybe not. But you have pieces there. So hey, if they have all these cheap contracts, like hey, bring some bring someone big in. You have pieces around them, and uh, who knows? Maybe next year. But this year was not yours because you crashed the heck out. Rest I mean, looking at their their contract situation, Seth Curry is a unrestricted free agent next year. Watanabe is an unrestricted free agent. Um, Cam Johnson is restricted, so they'll still have the the option to match. But once you get into 2024, it's Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Claxton, Patty Mills, Royce O'Neal, um, and Edmund Edmund Sumner. So, I mean, half those guys in 2024 are, are within your starting lineup right there, or at least key contributors. So um, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see you know, what they do with that. And I mean, even looking at the the guys that are going to be free agents, whether it's restricted or unrestricted, this free agency, I mean, Vooch is unrestricted there. Um, Karis Levert from Cleveland, Danny Green, Kyrie's going to be a free agent. Um, if they, for some reason, want to bring him, excuse me, bring <laughs> him back. Um, you know, it's that there's, there's a lot of guys that are going to be available. And I think they need to absolutely kind of go out swinging with that, or even just looking at guys that, 
you know, are going to be available in 2024, the following year, maybe you kind of look for, you know, whether it's a sign and trade or it's kind of a, you know, we'll trade in good faith, hoping that we can re-sign them to a bigger contract or extension the following year. I mean, Dylan Brooks is going to be a free agent. Gross. Um, so no one really likes that. That's a whole other <laughs> thing, but he's, he's, he's a good defender in that situation. Um, so it's that there's, there's a lot of guys and I guess we have to, to show out some love for you, Donis Haslam, even though he's probably going to retire after this year, there's no way that, that any other team yeah, signs him yeah, but he's, he's done yeah it's um there, there's there's some pretty decent names out there that i think if they go out and kind of kind of start building early on and you know really start getting things underway without fully tampering or at least getting caught but um who well, knows like, there's always tampering in the league you'll be you'll be okay they got nothing but time now <laughs> exactly get an early head start yeah, but uh congratulations to the sixers moving on to the next round quick uh quick sneaky shout out to the D- D- anthony melton and paul reed who has found himself in a nice positioning, getting some minutes on the back end of this uh, rotation playoff rotation. So uh, Paul Reed, sneaky little pick, something to consider going into the next rounds as uh, the player pool of these low L10 guys that get minutes gets thinner. Definitely got to look at in Anthony Melton. His L10 is still really low, continues to produce in a night out. Very solid, very good pickup. Go, go get you guys, get your points. Try to win some rewards because uh, I sure ain't doing it. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> All right. What do we got next? Oh, real quick. Another series that is pretty much just about over. Uh, Celtics Hawks with uh, another series kind of going the way that we imagined. Uh, Celtics Hawks. Celtics are most likely going to win this. How has this uh, series been for you? Yeah, I mean, the, the Hawks kind of took game three in an easy fashion, winning by 28. So um, I think that was a that was a surprise. I mean, you probably I think some people may have had the Hawks taking a game, but not by 28. Maybe it was kind of a, a back and forth game down the stretch where, um, you know, either Trey Young or Murray kind of hit some shots towards the end to kind of kind of pull away. I don't think anyone really saw you know, this being a, a 28 point win for the Hawks, especially because you look right. at games one and two and both were won by 13 by the Celtics. So um, I think I think a lot of people had this series over in four games after, you know, games two or one and two. But now we kind of it, it gets a little more interesting. I still think Boston takes care of business. I think, you know, they you, you get that underdog teams always get that first bump for their first home game. And I think that's kind of what Atlanta got. And right. I think Boston's going to kind of kind of regroup here, you know, get get back to the drawing board in a sense. Not that you really have to fully do that. It's just one game. But the last thing that I think they want is to lose both of these games in Atlanta. And now you're looking at, you know, a six, maybe a seven game series. And you're kind of kind of back to the same thing that we talked about with the Bucks, where it's it's tough for those one and two seats to play a six or seven game series right off the jump because now you're just adding on more minutes. You're adding on more wear and tear to, to these guys. You don't have that much rest. So um, I, I think the Celtics still take care of things. I think probably they get it done in five. I think they take care of it in, in game four, maybe game five is a little bit closer, but um, I, I think the Celtics still kind of come out of this with a, a fairly easy series win. Oh no, I agree. And even if you watch these games too, it's not, they don't look stressed. They're just, playing it slow, taking it easy. They're kind of just doing what they have to do. And the Hawks just ain't getting it done. Even like, even with all like, dude, the Hawks are incredible on offensive rebounds. Like don't, uh, don't get it twisted, man. Like they are so good at rebounding the ball. They're just, they're, they're hustle merchants. They they get in there. They just, they're just not going to compete against the Celtics team where it's like they're deep. Their bench is deep. Like they get all cook. Shout out to Marcus smart, who didn't really do much all year. You know, reigning defensive player of the year. We all kind of went, eh, but then all of a sudden, 
in the playoffs. He's come out, he's shown up, he's scoring well, he's been very solid in the team, putting up great sober points. And uh, Marcus Smart didn't really see it. He's been sitting on my bench while putting up like 50s and stuff. So uh, that's probably why I haven't been winning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got his last three games, really, I guess just all three games this series. Um, he's got a 43, 38, and 52 for all for an L10 at 29. So you'll take any of those and be be very happy about it. Yeah, shout out to me who had him in my lineup in the last minute. I was like, mm, nah. It's okay. That training lineup's going to look so good at the end of the week. <laughs> I'm going to take screenshots and post those for sure. Oh, but yeah, dude, Derek White going off, Tatum going off. Horford's been great, Horford, because Horford's so great. Just so great. The only thing is, Robert Williams hasn't really been uh, very effective in this series. I don't know. He's, I don't know if like just injuries and like the way his season went, kind of just like riding the bench, kind of just coming in and out whenever somebody was missing. I feel like he just, he hasn't really like found his rhythm this season, I guess. And uh, maybe we'll get old Robert Williams as you know the playoffs progress. But uh, he's been uh, didn't really expect that coming from the Celtics. But uh, I, guess, I guess someone they can't all cook every night, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, just just looking at his minutes played here, he had 22, 23, and then nineteen in uh in game three, which obviously great game three take with a little bit of a grain of salt because, um, you know, it wasn't wasn't a super close game. But on the flip side of it excuse me, the flip side of that, I mean, Tatum still put up 40 minutes, Jalen Brown still had 33. Um, and then Grant Williams had 18 in a, in game three as well. So kind of, kind of eating into some of Robert Williams minutes there. Do they look to Grant Williams instead of Robert Williams? Um, I gotta be, I gotta be careful here. So I can't just say Williams because both guys have the, have the same <laughs> last name there. Um, but I mean, Grant Williams was a guy that, that kind of was big down the stretch for the Celtics and I mean, Robert Williams, especially last year, you know, before the injury was big, getting him back this year was was a huge step as well. So kind of surprised that they just they haven't really, really gone to him. But on the flip side, I mean, with Marcus Smart playing well, you can kind of go, you know, a little bit more guard heavy because he can kind of defend fairly well as well. So um, it's it, it's surprising to see Robert Williams kind of kind of fall off a little bit. Who knows kind of what they do, you know, going forward with that as well. Right. No. Yeah, I agree. And and, and on the Hawks side, is there a. Anything that stood out to you other than DeJounte Murray has really, as like, we all know that Trey, Trey's trade, Trey's going to do Trey things, but obviously the goal here is to shut Trey down. And mm -hmm. I think DeJounte Murray has just done an excellent job of just being that go-to, just finding the space, getting open when Trey's getting double teamed and honestly putting him in and without DeJounte Murray, th this series would have been way uglier, I think. Oh, couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think like he's been he's been great as well, because if you kind of do try and stop Trey Young, I mean, he's a guy that's very used to having the ball in his hands, like when he was in back in his time in uh, in San Antonio. So, you know, it's not like he's just kind of being thrown into a role that he's he's not comfortable with. He's very comfortable with the ball in his hands. He's very comfortable taking a bunch of shots. I mean, looking at, at game two here, he was 11 to 24 compared to Trey Young's nine to 22. So. I mean, he's he's getting the ball. He's shooting it well. He he was seven of thirteen from three point range in a, in that game as well. So um, that's that's definitely something to to keep an eye on as as well. And I mean, just kind of going back to to plus minus, kind of a, a callback from you know from a couple episodes ago, or maybe that was things. last episode. Um, game two, Trey Young was minus eighteen, and Dejounte Murray was zero. 
going into game three, DeJounte Murray plus eight, Trey Young plus one. So, you know, he's Murray's getting some run without Trey Young on the floor as well, and he's capitalizing. So not that that's going to be your kind of your strategy. You do want Trey Young on the floor, but I, I think you can kind of feel comfortable if you're building out this Hawks rotation saying, hey, if we want to give Trey Young a little bit more rest here for down the stretch, we can trust that when DeJounte's in, he's going to take care of business and, and keep us in this game. Yeah, and not even that. Obviously, the Hawks season looks like it's uh, coming to an end. With that in mind, there's been rumors all year that's already been circulating that Trey Young is going to be out of this Hawks system next season. In which case, I think it's safe to assume that DeJounte Murray might be the guy to kind of be the guy instead of Trey. And I don't know. I'm just, I've grown to be a big big DeJounte fan this uh, season so maybe I'm just harping on it maybe I just say hey go pick him up because I think he'll be a really good solid piece to have next year um even then John Collins started off hot didn't really do much uh Clint Capella man wow what a player and even a Kongwu like there, there's P- there's pieces to be excited about in this Hawks team uh it'll be interesting to see what they do uh even what is it DeAndre Hunter uh he's kind of been in and out kind of shows up sometimes maybe not and uh I don't know uh, yeah, I really don't have much to say about this Hawks team, to be honest. What about you? Also, real quick, now now that I just noticed this as well, um, Game 3 was actually an 8-point win by the Hawks. It was not 28. Um, ESPN has the score as 102 to 130 as opposed to 122 <laughs> to 130. So that would explain why uh, why Jason Tatum was getting 40 minutes in a game because I was like, there's no way that they're, they're like throwing for what? out there. Yeah, like for what? So now that actually that makes more sense. It was an eight-point game. Um, obviously, I'm calling myself out here for not fully watching the game, but uh, that was kind of kind of tough on the Friday evening as well. But I think now that's that, that makes Robert Williams and Grant Williams really more interesting now because of the fact that it was a close game and Grant Williams was getting 18 minutes and Robert Williams is still going down on that, uh, that downward trajectory. So um, very interesting there. I apologize for any, any confusion. If you're still listening at this point, hand up, that's on me. I got to be better, but just, just wanted to point that out there when I was looking at this, because I saw two different scores and I was like, these are nowhere close. Something's got to be off here. And, and that's why it's okay, buddy. It's okay. You'll be okay. But uh, on that note, ignoring that whatsoever, <laughs> that didn't happen. We're just going to switch the subject and focus on something very bright and exciting. Unfortunately for them, regardless, Anthony Edwards. Holy cow. What a player. Almost like Donovan Mitchell, where what's this guy got to do? Because he's he's doing it all, and it's just not enough. Granted, the Nuggets are a different breeding their own but minnesota man they came in it's been it's been a weird it's been a weird little uh playoff push they've had uh rest in peace but it was it was it and i think they came out and he was like oh like it's not over yet like we still got you know stuff coming to the, there's still stuff in the tank like he came out just like super positive he's like oh don't count us out yet but blah, blah, blah. like yeah putting up scores like that playing the ball that you've been playing you have all the right to say that don't anybody shit on this man for saying that because you know what hell yeah keep your head up keep balling and hey the rest of your team sucks at least you look great <laughs> yeah he's just he's got to keep doing his thing i mean he he struggled in game one and, and you know that was a it was a blot it was 109 to 80 so he only had 18 points in that game but games two and three he had 41 and 36 i mean he, he's shooting a lot of free throws as well he's he's kind of distributing the ball a little bit too so 
going into this series, I mean, we, you know, I, I feel like we both kind of agreed that the Nuggets would win this pretty easily, but, you know, Anthony Edwards would at least, at least keep it interesting for, you know, if you're just kind of watching the games as a, as a casual fan, you know, you're not just tuning into a, a 20 point blowout every night, at least you're going to get something that's somewhat entertaining. And, you know, even if they do lose game four by 14 and get swept, I mean, Anthony Edwards could put up 40 to 50 points um, just kind of as, as a fun, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go out swinging at least. And, you know, it's, it's fun to see that there's no quit. Obviously, you know, the, the whole Rudy Gobert trade was just an absolute <laughs> disaster. Um, I think everyone kind of said that from day one, but now that this little experiment of, of having two centers that, you know, cat can kind of stretch the floor, but Gobert, all he does is sit in the pain and, and run the pick and roll. It's just, it, it doesn't work in today's game. You got to go smaller. You got to have guys that can fully stretch the floor and they've just, they've been getting exploited all season with it. Oh yeah. And I mean, shout out to, Jamal Murray, man, because he's just been holy crap. Like, look, Minnesota doesn't work. They have problems. They clearly all don't get along. They're punching each other on the sidelines. They're punching walls and shit. Like, <laughs> clearly the vibes are bad. And then you put them up against a team that's just gonna steamroll them. And it's just, it's just, it was just bad from the start. Like, it was just no matter what they did, I don't think it really mattered. I think it was just gonna end up this way anyway. And and mm-hmm. like you said, they just they just don't have producing. Like some people came out big. Like Kyle Anderson really hasn't done it. Since that first game, I mean, Nikhil Alexander, Alexander Walker, all these words, you know, <laughs> he was kind of having a nice bright spot going to the playoffs and just completely just out, you know, arguably Minnesota's missing. What is it? Uh, who punched the wall? Jalen McGinn? What, what's his yeah, Jalen or there's, I think Jalen uh, and Jaden, one plays for the Hawks, or not the Hawks, one plays for the Hornets, yeah. one plays well, for the Jaden McDaniels, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was a really bright spot. He was really important to this like rotation, and um, he's out now. So it's 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 been weird for him. I don't really have much to say. It's gonna be a nugget sweep. Get your Murray's, get your Porters, get your Jokic, Aaron Gordon. I need you to step it the fuck up, or else you're kicked yeah. out of my lineups. Just saying. Yeah, and but, I mean, kind of kind of quickly calling back to to the fan atmosphere earlier from when we were talking about the the Miami and Hawks game. You can always tell what that atmosphere is gonna be like based off ticket prices. The get-in price for the Timberwolves Nuggets game tonight is twelve dollars. <laughs> Stop! Really? Twelve for a playoff game? Yes, it's three zero, but Denver's only a four-point favorite. Like, I I think this state, the city of Minnesota, or not the city, the city of Minneapolis, and the state of Minnesota. You you can't have big city names that are too similar to the actual state name. Um, it, it, I I think their fan base just has kind of given up. They've they've wave the white flags even if they do find a way to sneak game four it's done back in denver in game five i mean this this nuggets team is just too good and they're just outmatched but to see that there's just no interest from the fan base in attending tonight's game is absolutely wild yeah that's that's actually dude first of all i hate the nba because it's so expensive like for what Mm -hmm. dude like you ever sit in those plays in an nba arena it sucks like I'm not paying a hundred dollars for that. I just, I refuse to <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I think like the minimum like tickets just for like a magic game, which we're always trash. Like I used to be able to get tickets for like 20 bucks. I think the minimum this year was like 80 bucks just because we had a Paolo. And I was like, I'm not, I, I went to one game this year and that's because I got free tickets, like not doing it. So that is a steal for a playoff game, which yeah. just shows you how, do you think they should move from Minnesota? They should, they should, should the organization just move the Timberwolves from Minnesota at this point? <sighs> I don't think so. I think they're still fine in Minnesota. I know when uh, when A Rod was looking to to purchase the Timberwolves as well, there was there was rumors he was trying to relocate the team as well. But I don't know. I it's tough because I think if you have to pick one current franchise that's gonna relocate 
relocate, I guess you would say Minnesota, but I don't think they actually moved to to Seattle. I think that's just a uh, expansion team out there, but yeah, it's just, it's wild to see that, that for a playoff game tickets are that low and what's projected to be a, a still a close game. And, you know, Vegas has it as a four point spread. I think it's probably going to be a lot, a lot further <laughs> apart than that. And I mean, especially to see that now the fans just don't care. Like maybe it gets somewhat loud at tip, but as soon as it's, it's five to nothing, or if, if, if Denver jumps out to a, an early lead, even if it's only six or eight points, I, I think it's just going to be silent in there and they're just going to run away with it. Yeah. It's a uh, GG fam. See you next year. Yeah. Thanks for coming <laughs> out. Thanks for coming out. Buy Rudy Gobert out. See you next year. <laughs> I don't know. Don't even yeah. buy him out. Just yeah, I guess just cut him. Send him to to whoever will take send him. him somewhere, you'll, take, you'll take a second round pick for that if someone eats his contract. That's a- totally fine. Anywhere but here. Here is what they should be saying. Yikes. Anyway, moving on from the Timberwolves and Denver, you know what you're going to get in that game. Denver's just going to continue to steamroll until they mm-hmm. don't. Quick shout out to Ben Green on Twitter for helping us out on this episode because. He made sure he made sure to let me know to make sure to give a big, huge shout out to Tory Craig, who nobody had faith in. And all of a sudden, step aside, Bismack Biumbo. There's a new guy in town, and it's Tory <laughs> Craig. And he is so crucial for this Suns team right now. And also, rest in peace, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, that's that that's tough for sure. Um Man, I mean, if he he's looked so good recently before the injury too, like it finally looked like we were getting old Kawhi, like back in Toronto. Raptors Kawhi, Kawhi. Yes. yeah, like the the guy that would take down anyone in the league without breaking a sweat, and we were finally getting there. And to see him go down, who knows when he really comes back if he comes back? But it's that that's a huge loss, and then especially Paul George just you know getting hurt late in the season and, and missing the first round for sure. Um, is is a huge loss for them. So it's just kind of from a from a true basketball fan perspective. I mean, seeing Kawhi go down with with how good he was playing is just so disheartening because he's been battling injuries all this year, even last year as well. Um, really, just kind of since the the Toronto year, he's been he's been plagued with injuries. So um, it's it's been very tough to see because he's a guy that that can create his own shot. He can do some incredible things on the defensive end as well. Um, and it's just, he, he's a quiet guy too. So you won't even really notice it. And you'll look at the box score and it's like, holy shit, Kawhi dropped 35 tonight. Right. And well, like, well, you that, never would know. Cause he's not doing anything like flashy. He's just knocking down his mid range. He's hitting guys in the post to like hit the occasional three. And it's like, whoa. And, and I think that's, what's most upsetting too. Right. Is that he was looking flashy. Mm-hmm. It, like at the very, like that first game, like, dude, he came out and like, you were like, holy crap, Kawhi, like he wants it. And then Westbrook was stepping up like team was playing really well like it almost like the almost question if the Suns had were going to be able to shut this Clippers team down like you almost were Mm -hmm. like oh crap like the Clippers actually might take it and it just injuries man like and Zubac just been non-existent and they they've been struggling like once Kawhi went down like that's it they just have Westbrook everybody else is just like meh and I think Kawhi yeah Kawhi Westbrook and if they didn't have that injury to Paul George like We'd be talking differently about this Clippers, but but uh, I think they're they're done, right? Like it's it's about it. Uh, yeah, um, I think so. I mean, yeah, like you you look back at Game One when when they ended up stealing Game One by five. I think you were kind of like, okay, like maybe there's a chance here. Obviously, Tory Craig 
um, played well for Phoenix there, but I mean, Kawhi dropped 38 and Westbrook had eight assists. I mean, you look at game two, even when they lost Kawhi still had 31 and, and had a high of eight rebounds as well. So, um, I mean, you're, you're looking at that game kind of feeling, I don't want to say fully confident that the Clippers would move on, but you're like, okay, this is actually going to be right. serious. Cause I think a lot of people had the Suns winning this and then also Sweet potentially man. beating the nuggets and, and just kind of making a big run there. So to kind of see from game one, like, okay, like the Clippers could keep this interesting. And then for the injuries to happen and kind of, kind of derail that is, is definitely tough to see. And, you know, very unfortunate for sure. Yeah. It's, and, and you know, I said it earlier, like I have, I have such a soft spot in my heart for Kawhi just from that Raptors run. It's like mm-hmm. it's the last time I like seriously was like into basketball for the last couple of years. And I really remember. So it's like, it sucks to see. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, this Phoenix team, man, Devin Booker. Holy cow. Talk yeah. about Devin Booker. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. Even if he's not, even if he's not shooting the dang ball, he's racking up assists, doing whatever he has to do on both sides of the ball. DeAndre Ayton looks like he feels like playing basketball right now. So that's good for them. It's a, uh, this Suns team, man, they're fun. Tori Craig, Chris Paul, like they, they can all get it done. All right. Yeah. Do we still think the Suns are going to, going to make a deep run here? I think so. I mean, they, they, even in game one, when they lost, I think they still looked pretty well. I think just Kawhi was kind of that difference factor. So, I mean, I, I, I still have faith in the Suns. I mean, you have Kevin Durant on your team. You're really in, in a good spot, but then you also throw in Chris Paul, Devin Booker and Deandre Ayton to, to kind of round out that, you know, four of those five spots in the starting five, at least um, you're in a pretty good spot. And especially if Torrey Craig is, is putting in big minutes and, and big production too. I mean, that's, that's a scary rotation. You still have Landry Shamit off the bench, um, Damian Lee. So, I mean, you, you've got guys that are kind of in the back end of that rotation that can still at least keep you in the game in the playoffs. Right. Um, and just for when Durant takes his couple minutes rest here and there, you're, you're kind of really just not giving up that big run. Um, but they also just, they have enough stars where, you know, if they want to give, you know, Chris Paul a minute or two of rest, then Devin Booker just kind of takes over. You know, when Booker goes out, it's Paul or Durant, or you can kind of mix and match that however you'd like. And, um, you know, you can even sit two or three of those guys at a time and just say, hey, we're going to get the ball to DeAndre Ayton down low. He's going to get some offensive rebounds for us. We're going to slow the game down and and not give up a big run. So, yeah, this, this Suns team is very scary as a four seed. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's a tough task. They're both looking like they're going to clean up these series pretty early. And uh, get your rest, eat your Wheaties, because uh, Phoenix, you got Denver coming up, and that'll be uh, that'll, that'll be a big series. Yeah. That'll be that'll be a true test. The tickets will definitely not be uh, twenty two dollars at this. Well, well, not twenty two. <laughs> you, you you can keep the extra ten and buy a, and buy a beer in the stadium for that one. But yeah, that is just insane. Oh man, that'll be. Uh, I'm actually excited for that. So it'll, it'll be exciting. Hopefully, all the games aren't at the same time at 10 p.m. So I could uh, actually watch the, some of these. The you know, 10 p.m. and 10:30 start. Ah, it's just it's it's a killer out west here, but, dude. Right, it sucks, man. Games. Like especially because like Kings and Golden State have been so fun. It's like y'all know I can't stay up past halftime. Like I try, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is great. Back. <sighs> Yeah, like, like it's it's, it, it, it's getting to 11, 30, 12 o'clock, and I'm like, I want to stay up and watch this game, but I'm also just absolutely drained already. And I know, like, going into work that next day, I'm not going to be able to get up. And then guess what? There's another 10 or 10.30 p.m. start time that following night, and I'm doing the same exact thing on repeat. So these these West Coast games, although they've been fantastic, are just absolutely killing me. 
Yeah, dude, it, it's rare, especially for someone that like wakes up at 5 a.m. for work. Like, dude, it's just so hard. Yeah, like, it's... as much as I want to stay up, I just like watch like the time go and then it gets to 12. I'm like, oh, cool. I have to be up in like four and a half hours. Sick. <laughs> but I'm a fucking yeah, it's... sicko and it's so good. Sacramento gold. Can, can I ask you something? Because like, I don't really like bet too much. Like I like, I like DFS and like fantasy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like bet too much because that's just a dangerous road that I don't need to go down. Like I already throw my money in a dumpster fire at other dumb shit. Like it's just one last thing I really like need to dive. Is there like, is there like a bet for like Draymond getting ejected? Because Probably. I would, I would have hit that hard. Like just at any time in the playoffs, Draymond Green gets ejected some dumb shit. Like, that's that's a bet that I will take every year. That is something that I will throw my money at confidently. Because holy crap, Draymond, bro, it's the first series. Which like, like give I, him I some have time. to say, like the whole the whole way that that transpired just didn't make any sense. Like the fact that they looked at his like previous actions is the reason that they're going to suspend him when his last flagrant two I think was back in like 2017 or something. Like it's been a very long time. Yeah, technically like, Jordan the, the Poole last, was off the court. Yeah, like the last like actual, I guess, dirty play, at least that comes to my mind where Draymond did something that was like, holy shit, that's not a basketball play. Like was the Steven Adams kick when he like got fouled and swung right. that leg up. And I mean, that was 2015. I know he's done or 2016, actually. Um, I know he's done stuff since. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say he's not a dirty player. <laughs> he's, he's had plays that are very questionable. But for the league to turn around and be like, oh, yeah, like because of what he's done in the past, that's why he's suspended. But then like Joel Embiid doesn't get kicked out of a game for a flagrant kick like that. And especially right. when you look at the video and like Sabonis is holding on to his leg. So like like stuff comes up. It just it, it feels like the rules are different for certain superstars. And even like Dylan Brooks, who clearly punched LeBron in the nuts. Like, you see the shit. hand swing like, that and it's so... like, yeah, we're going to kick him out. We're going to eject him, but he's not going to be suspended. So it's kind of like, where, where are we drawing the line on, on some of these dangerous plays? Like, yeah, if, if you're going to eject and suspend one guy, you have to have that same thing for everyone else. But on the flip side, like how Joel Embiid was not ejected from the game in game three. Right. I don't understand. Like yeah. you're going to throw Dylan Brooks out because it was against LeBron. You're going to throw out Draymond Green because it's Draymond Green. But then Joel Embiid does this and he's just going to get a flagrant one. Like, wh- why are we can't in a 3 series too? Yeah. Can't like, eject your MVP. I don't know. It's just it, that that stuff with NBA, you know, ruling and, and league officiating just never made sense to me how there are simply different rules for different players but, like, i get it down the stretch like if, if it's like a 30 if there's 30 seconds left in the game there's a questionable call and it's like is that a foul is it not Man. i'm fine swallowing your whistle like it, but if it's clear as day like you have to call it you got to keep officiating these games the same as you would at any point because like it, it, it changes the entire playoff series now granted that like the sixers were still winning that one with ease but on the flip side of it like let's say joel and b gets ejected in game three the nets right. somehow steal game three now that series is extended so it's a whole lot of things to consider yeah and then just all the conversations like if golden state wouldn't have won the game three like it mm-hmm. just would have been it would have been obnoxious to the point yeah. and like it's <clears throat> yeah and like even then like with even with the joel and b thing like nick claxton got ejected for taunting like what Right, like, like it's the playoffs. What are we, what are we like, doing here? Like what? Like, dude, oh, it's and like, look, I'm all, I'm all for the shit Like, dude, Sabonis, like, hand clap, like, ten out of ten, like, 
my dog, you knew what you were doing and you baited oh, yeah. it and it fucking works. Fuck yeah. I'm like, oh, I am all about the shithousery for days, my guy. The like, dark arts. I am I am dark arts super fan number numero uno. So oh. it's always the guy who retaliates that gets the penalty every time. It's it's always him. Man, I, I gotta tell you, this this series has been fun though. It's been uh actually not fun because dude, they've been really well at shutting Sabonis down. Like he's still getting all the rebounds and stuff, <laughs> but like he's just not scoring. And it's just it's it's killing my lineups, man. It's it it sucks. Very sad. Very sad. How uh, have you who's gonna win this series? Is it going to seven? It's going to seven, right? I, I feel like it would be. I mean the I, as much as it kills me to say, I think the Kings win this series until That's Golden cool. State proves that they can win a game on the road. That, <laughs> like, forget, forget winning it. Like, keep it close. Like, they're they're done. Like, that's it. Like, you can right. win. You can blow out teams in Oracle, or I guess I don't know if it's still called Oracle. Whatever their new stadium is, you can blow teams out at home all you want. But when you are the six seed, you're only getting three games at home. You have to win at least one road game at any point. And if they lose game four tonight, then like they're down three, one. And guess what? That next game's on the road. So like it's put up (laughs) or shut up time at that point. Like the, the the problem with golden state all year has been winning games on the road. And the talent is there for them to win another championship this year. Like they have the roster, they're healthy enough, but if you can't win on the road, that like that's it. it. It's, it's two completely different teams. And it's so frustrating to see just as a basketball fan, Right. Because when they're at home, they're unstoppable. But you put them on the road, and they're just a regular. They're just like any other team. Yeah. No. And uh, I th- we all said that we all noticed it in the throughout the entire regular season. And they mm-hmm. started off really slow. They struggled. They went through like a stretch where like they they just couldn't win a single. Like I think how many how many games did they win on the road? Like it wasn't like at the end of the day, like it was like a handful. Yeah. And- let's see. So the Warriors were. Where's the West? Here we go. Uh, 11 and 30 on the road compared Jeez. to 33 and eight at home. Yeah. And you, so you the, yeah, like the only teams that had a better record than them at home were the Denver Nuggets and Memphis Grizzlies. Right. And, and you got to think Sacramento has not made the playoffs in 17 years. That arena is bumping. You watch yeah. those games. You're like, I want to be in that arena. Like you want to <laughs> be there. Like you want to like, it's probably electric. You could feel it. The players could feel it. The fans can feel it. Like the energy in that arena Light the beam. There is no way. I mean, I guess there is a way when you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and yeah, there, there's always a way. Right. But it's look, you haven't proven it this year that you can get it done. You're going to be in a very, very, I hope very hostile environment. I hope it's hostile mm-hmm. there. Cause that just, mwah. ah, it's, it's going to be rough. I hope it goes to seven just cause I want to watch it with my eyes as a neutral fan i'm at the point now where like as long as you're giving me good competitive basketball games i don't care if every series goes seven like just just yeah, give not? me all of the good basketball but like don't give me a seven game series where none of the games are close it's just back and forth like each team's a blow like don't waste right. the time with that but like if you're gonna give me a six or seven game series where every game is a couple possessions i'm all for it yeah yeah, like these games, like literally, it's pretty even up until like the last few minutes, and all of a sudden it's just mm-hmm. whoever pulls away at the end, and it's just then they do it on the defensive end, which none of these teams really do. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you get what you get. But, uh, dude, shout out, man, Malik Monk and Davion Mitchell for this Kings team off the bench, just getting it done night in, night out, showing up. Good for them. And Andrew Wiggins came back, hasn't really played. Said, who cares? I can still play basketball. And he's performing. He's 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 getting it done for Golden State too. 
And uh, is Draymond getting ejected again before they get kicked out of the playoffs? <laughs> I want to say no, <laughs> but there is a part of me that wants to say yes, and it's going to happen in their game tonight. Um, I, <laughs> you just you never know with him. Like, you think like, so? er, like early this season, like like or we're going to call it all the way back to October here. Like we were talking, who was it? Uh, I think we had Bryce on. Yeah, I think this episode where we're like, oh, like you never know with Draymond, like if he's going to punch someone in the face. And then like an hour and a half later, it came like the video of him punching pool in the face came out. And it was like, you just you have no clue with him what's going to happen. And like he's so he's so passionate about the game and so energetic that like a regular foul call, he'll go nuts over. So I think maybe he picks up a technical there and then like something else happens where he gets a second one. I don't think he gets a straight flagrant two. Right. I could very well see him getting like a second technical if this game's close and like just getting thrown out because of it. Oh, that would, that would, that would be perfect. I kind of, I kind of need that to happen. Cause uh, yeah. I mean, who's to say he doesn't come back and uh, Draymond being Draymond goes, uh, kind of tries to get a little spicy, maybe uh bait Sabonis and uh Sabonis out dark arts him, gets him in. Ooh. <laughs> what the are they battle both of just, the dark arts, the battle of the dark. Cause I mean, it's been coming out now, especially with the situation. Like, it's it's coming out that people are kind of bringing up some like Sabonis because it's like, oh wait, maybe Sabonis is low key like a dirty player, and the the evidence is there. the The receipts are coming out loud, hard, and fast. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a battle of the dark arts tonight. Which uh, hopefully, hopefully, we'll get some fireworks in there. I think so. I I think we for sure will. It's I mean this game tips off at what three thirty Eastern today. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll we'll have our answer. I'm not sure exactly when this uh, this episode gets published here. So, I guess do we wanna do we wanna make some predictions here for the the remaining. I guess really it's just that one because it's it's Warriors Kings Celtics Hawks and the Nuggets Timberwolves. I think we both have have the Nuggets winning that that last game. Um, I'm assuming we both have Boston. Yep. Over the Hawks tonight. So. I mean, what do we what do we think in this uh, this King series here? Do they go up three one with a, a huge win on the road, or does Golden State kind of kind of make it a quick three game series here? Uh, it's if Golden State's going to win another game, it's going to be this one, and I think they know that, mm-hmm. and I think they'll come out swinging. I, I think Golden State could take this one, even though I don't want them to. Uh, but it also comes down on how Sabonis handles Draymond because Draymond could come out in a heater tonight. Like Draymond could come out and just put it all out in the court and really show out just because he's a dick. He's going to do it. So, yeah, it's going to be really questionable. Like, as much as I want to be like, dude, Sacramento, just get it done because I think they can get it done. Uh, Yeah, I think Golden State kind of steals this one. And then, uh, yeah, it's all Sacramento from here. All right, there we go. You heard it here first. Warriors are going to win tonight. Obviously, if this episode uh, drops after the game and Golden State loses, we'll have to kind of figure out how to do some quick editing here. But, uh, yeah, I I think... (laughs) I think we're we're both in agreement there. I think Draymond comes out hot tonight. Um, I'm gonna go kind of a bold take here and say he drops a triple double. Oh, just because he's gonna. I I think he's gonna kind of go out and do do a little bit of everything tonight. Really kind of show that. The question is whether or not they one of those doubles is from points or whether he's gonna do some dumb shit where he's gonna do the seven points, fifteen rebounds, ten assists, and ten steals or, or whatever he did that Ooh, one ten blocks. Yeah, the the triple double he had without scoring a scoring ten points. So, who knows with him? He's he's kind of a just just a character, I guess is the best way to put it. But yeah, I, I think the Warriors win tonight. We get the it's a tied up series going into you know game five back in Sacramento, and at that point you're looking at a best of three. So, you know, with that said, let's uh, let's just have some fun watching basketball and uh, kind of go from there. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it'll it'll be a good uh, it'll be a good one. And uh, before before all that happens, John Morant or LeBron James in what? I don't know. Just which one like, would you take? I mean, all time in a pickle LeBron eating James? contest. Who oh. wins? Ooh. I'm gonna go with John Moran. I think he's a little bit younger there. He's got more stamina to to be able to put that down. But uh I, I think in every other category, I'm unless it's a dunk contest, I think I'm gonna go with LeBron James. Yeah, because uh Josh showed out last night. 45 points, nine rebounds, 13 assists. He scored a I feel like it was like 20 or so points in a row for Memphis. I mean, granted, they were still down like 10 or 15, I think at that point, but uh, yeah, he's, he's trying to kind of similar to Anthony Edwards, just kind of will that team into, into doing it, especially with uh, Dylan Brooks calling out LeBron James. I mean, we've, we've seen how that's happened in across LeBron's entire career when you call him out or people count him out. So interesting strategy. We'll, uh, we'll see if it pays (laughs) off there. Uh, Like, I don't know if Dylan Brooks is an idiot or the smartest guy in the world, but what, what do you? Why? Like God? Like game you know two? He hit a he hit an open three and stared down LeBron in his face down the court. I'm like, buddy, it is game two of this series, and you lost game one. Like you are in no place to be doing this. And your organization is a dumpster fire. Yeah, or a gunfire, whatever you want to call it. Whatever, dude. Like, oh, I like. How are you gonna? There is just some bears you don't poke. Granted, you shouldn't poke any bear, but if you're gonna poke a bear. Why are you poking that one? So why are you poking that one, James? The one (laughs) that could literally make you suffer for it. And yeah, LeBron, LeBron kind of went off. I mean, he didn't go Anthony Davis off because holy crap, Anthony Davis, do not ever get hurt again because holy crap, the basketball you're playing right now, brother, Austin Reeves is him. It's just, it is what it is, you know. Austin Reeves. Well, that's the show, guys. On that note, we're calling it. (laughs) Roll a roller clip.